OR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. 800 the number to call. Remember, we'll have two pairs of Mets tickets to give away. One pair this hour, one pair next hour. Mets resume play tomorrow. I know it's been too long. One-off day is too many uh, during the baseball season. We, we get into a nice little rhythm when the, with the rain out yesterday. That just stinks. By the way, the Mets have now already two doubleheaders scheduled. One with the Phils and now obviously one with the Braves on Memorial Day. So that's something fun to look forward to. They have not uh, taken up any of the uh, scheduled off days. They've uh, played, decided to play both or at least schedule two double dips. So those are always fun throughout the course of the season. And the Mets will have two of those. But tomorrow we'll be back. Coverage right here, 6.05. Mets and the Redbirds. And the Cardinals have been red hot in the NL Central. Looking forward to giving them another look after the opening series of the year. It is early. Same thing with the Phillies, too. The Phillies have been red hot in the East. And they're maybe a different team than what the Mets saw the first week. Uh, who knows? Well, right now, uh, somebody who does know, we'll get some more insight from Steve Phillips. Uh, former Mets GM, of course. You can catch him on uh, Sirius Satellite Radio talking MLB. Steve, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. No, my pleasure. Good to be on with you. Yeah, always love having you on. You give great insight and great opinion. And the reason why I wanted to have you on specifically tonight was your opinion on Matt Harvey. Uh, we've been talking about Harvey and the fall from grace the first hour of the show, how sad it's been. But I loved your candid views, Steve, of it as a former GM, you know, basically saying, who the heck is Matt Harvey to, you know, cry about anything at this point because he's been terrible. Yeah, I mean, look, I think players earn what they get. There's no scholarships in professional baseball. And, you know, you go back to after the 2015 season, since then, he's 9-19 and with a 5.6-something ERA. He's given up a lot more hits than innings pitched. He's walked like 76 guys in 200 innings. I mean, it's, uh, he, he has struggled. And, and, I mean, this is a predictable outcome of his performance. I, I mean, I don't – I mean, this isn't any surprise. I mean, he struggled. Uh, there are a lot of guys who might be sent to the minor leagues, a lot of guys who might be out of baseball that have performed in this way. So, you know, he has no right to be angry at anybody but himself. And, I, and certainly he has said he is. But the idea that the Mets owe him something to keep him in the rotation, you know, David Price, uh, you know, with, he was with Tampa, then went to Detroit, went to Toronto, now in Boston. He has this note that he puts in his locker. And it says, if you don't like it, pitch better. And that is absolutely the truth and something that somebody close to Matt Harvey has to have that conversation with him and say, look, you're not a victim. You're absolutely not a victim. If you were pitching in a way that the Mets thought you could win a game, you'd be in the starting rotation. You've earned this, and you've taught them to treat you this way. So, you know, if you want it differently, then go out and pitch better, and you don't get to dictate and pick when you pitch and where you pitch. Just when they give you the ball, go out there and get the job done. And so, you know, there's nothing else that he can say or do and the idea that, that he has some anger or resentment toward the bats is, is ridiculous to me. And what it does is it further reinforces the decision that they made that they did the right thing. Yeah, I'm, I, look, I'm with you. I'm in agreement with you here. How would you, Steve, have handled this? Have you ever had to handle something like this when you were a GM with a player? Would you have been this candid as a GM? Did you ever have to handle a situation like this? Yeah, I think that, you know, we sent, I mean, back when I was there, we had Steve Traxel that we signed as a free agent who was struggling. We sent him down to the minor league. Uh, now, the good thing was, and this is uh, the most amazing part of it, is we talked to Traxel about it, and he had to approve the move to the minor leagues. And he went home after we talked to him about it, and he was complaining that, you know what his wife said? He said, 
she said, go to the minor leagues. Are you kidding me? You, the way you're pitching, you should go to the minor leagues. And he did. But, but, but he needed somebody close to him, to be honest with him. And that's the problem for Matt Harvey is that nobody has had the courage to say to him, knock it off. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're not entitled to anything. Uh, and, and look, he's, 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 he had great stuff. It has certainly diminished from some of the surgery. So where he is healthy, he's not the same pitcher he used to be. And he's going to have to find a way to compete differently. But the bottom line is you find out a lot more about people when they deal with adversity than when things go well. It's easy to be a good teammate, to be a good interview, uh, to, to, to go out there and smile for the cameras when everything's going well. And, you know, the dark night, you get the, the, you know, the back page of the papers. When something starts to go wrong, that's when you show what you're made out of. Uh, and what we've seen in those moments, and that's why I would not have tendered him a contract this past year, because what he's going to need in order to become a really good pitcher is determination, uh, persistence, perseverance, fight, battle. When something goes wrong, he's going to have to bow his neck. Uh, he's going to have to deal with the fact that he's going to give up two or three runs sometimes, and it's going to be okay. You've got to pitch through that. And, but when everything seems to go wrong, uh, he, he hangs his head, and he just seems defeated, and he seems victimized, and he is not a victim. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think he needs somebody to tell him that. I think it's an excellent point. We're talking with Steve Phillips, former Mets GM, currently MLB Network Radio. Uh, Any time, I mean, I know he came back from the Tommy John surgery, had a good year in 2015, but any time, Steve, outside of that, he's dealt with adversity, he has failed miserably. I mean, his attitude changed. Uh, he's always had a bad attitude, but it's easier when you're pitching the All-Star game at 2013 at City Field. But after that, he just never got off the mat what do you think is the biggest reason for that? Is it thoracic outlet syndrome? Is it his attitude in general? What do you think is the biggest reason Harvey has fallen from such high you know, hopes? Yeah, look, he, he's not a bad guy, but, but when you've had a lot of success and you haven't had to deal with a lot of failure, you don't learn how to deal with the failure. So there's some part of that. Uh, I think it's some part of just, you know, as you're coming up in the game, uh, what's acceptable and what's not. And, and you know, we've gotten into this environment where we feel like we need to sit down and explain to everybody what they're doing. And I give the Mets credit. He had his say, but it didn't change their mind. And they did exactly the right thing. Now, the hope is that when you give a player some ownership and some input, and then you make a decision that he takes some level of ownership in the ultimate result and goes out there and gets the job done. Because, you know, one of the things, and I've seen this tweeted out a little bit, and I, and I kind of agree with it, is that if you keep bemoaning a move to the bullpen because it's for the lesser than pitchers and that you're better than that, then what are you saying about the guys in the bullpen? Because it's not always a demotion. And quite honestly, maybe it's the role that he needs to pitch in right now. Maybe he needs to be a relief pitcher right now. Maybe it will be the thing that will spark him being successful again. And quite honestly, if he's successful in the bullpen, I don't move him back into the rotation because I think role matters because right now for him, he doesn't have that sort of, of uh, you know, he, his stuff is falling off because he tries to pace himself a little bit in the starting rotation. Uh, and because of it, it's not good enough because he doesn't have the kind of command to get away with throwing high fastballs. He's one of the highest percentage of high fastball pitchers in baseball, but he doesn't have enough velocity for it to be an effective pitch because when he makes a mistake, they hit it. Uh, and then he nibbles off the corners because he doesn't believe in the fastball. And sometimes going to the bullpen – he can generate a little more velocity and have a little more power in his pitches to where it's not as hittable. Uh, and maybe he needs that aggressiveness to go back out there again. So it remains to be seen, but he's going to have to have the right attitude if he's going to get any sort of positive result. 
Yeah, amazing. The attitude, step number one, and he still, for whatever reason, years later, has not learned. Look, it's disappointing, okay, the way that he was, 13, 15, all that, to see where he is today. I mean, Steve, I said on the air I wouldn't trade him for Mike Trout a few years ago. Now, I'd kill to trade him for Ronnie Torres or Austin Romine. He's got zero value. How do you think this ends with Matt Harvey and the Mets? Well, I, listen, I mean, I never completely give up on somebody. I mean, it's, it has not gone right for him. There's no question. And I want to say and have some empathy for the fact that, that, look, when you are going that well, you create an expectation for yourself. You create expectations from others. And, and it's hard when you're not the same guy and you want to try to get the same result. But it's going to take fight for him. And, and, you know, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. And I thought maybe he had done that. Remember when he, he, he didn't show up to the ballpark and was out all night and was kind of down on the dumps, and I thought maybe that's rock bottom to get him to sort of recommit to his career. Uh, but, you know, you don't get to say, well, I got 11 of the last 12 hitters out against the Atlanta Braves and I figured it out. When, when you know, you kind of had to figure it out before you gave up six runs in the first three innings of the game. So, uh, you know, look, he's, he is not a lost cause. But it's going to take a lot of determination and effort, and he's going to have to accept the place that he's in, and then start to fight from there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's made a lot of the right stuff to have, getting, to have gotten to where he is right now, but it's going to take more than he's ever been able to, to give in the past in order to try to get himself back on track. Talking with Steve Phillips, former Mets GM, current MLB Network Radio. You know, by the way, Steve Traxel, very underrated. I loved when you, I love Traxel as a pitcher. He took forever, Steve, but he was good for you guys, especially after you sent him back down, came back up. He was solid. Well, I, here's the thing. I give him a ton of credit. He went down to the minor leagues, swallowed his pride, and said, I need to fix things. I need to get better. I mean, and once you've accepted that, it's, you're, you're halfway there because now you're open to the things that people are saying to you. Now you're listening to it. Now you're willing to make that adjustment to come back up there. And he did that. And so, yeah, I mean, he was, he was the slowest worker ever though. My goodness. I remember <laughs> the chance in the game sitting in the box and people in the stadium were saying, chanting, throw the ball. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a problem, but it is a little bit of a problem, but he did compete. That's the thing I liked about it. He did compete. Uh, and uh, went out there and battled every time out. The human rain delay, Steve Traxel. We'll talk with Steve Phillips, former Mets GM, MLB Network Radio. How about this Mets team overall, Steve? I know they got out to a hot start. of lost a couple series here, but no big deal. Nice record uh, early on this year. You believer in this Mets ball club? Well, they're, they're playing better than I thought they would, and uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see now, behind the ground and single guard, what the rest of the rotation does. And I think Vargas may be coming in. The one thing that Jason Vargas needs to do is be predictable. Just go out there and give six solid innings, three runs a game, and then, I mean, that should suffice, right? You don't have to go out there and dominate. If you give a little bit better than that, and at times you did last year, that's great. But just keep the team in the game every time. You know, the bullpens have had some bobbles, but they play a lot of close games. Uh, and, you know, they have some guys with good stuff and good movement that sometimes they can't command it. They're going to need some length out of somebody in the bullpen. And Harley could really, honestly, solve a huge need in the bullpen. They need a reliever to come in and give them multiple innings to be able to get lefties and righties out so they don't have to do the matchup thing every single game that they're out there and have a chance to win. He can really serve a really important role in the team. It may not be what he wanted. It may not be what the contract like lead to in the future for him, but, but he's got a shot to, to really take on a really important role on the team because they can use that length in the bullpen. Uh, but, yeah, I look, they're scoring runs in ways I didn't think they could. Uh, as Jubal Cabrera is such an important part of this team, he gets so many big hits for them. He gives such a professional quality at bat. 
and so they've been exciting to watch so far. It's been a lot of fun. How about the rest of the NLE, Steve? I mean, the Phillies, the way that they started, everybody thought Gabe Kapler may not last a couple of weeks. They have certainly turned it around. Braves, the young Braves, off to a nice start, and the Nats struggling. Uh, what surprises you most uh, in the rest of that NL East? I think the Nats struggling probably surprises me the most. I, I mean, I still think they're the, the elite team of the division. Uh, but, you know, that, listen, that, that, the, the Phillies starting pitching, I think, is ranked fourth in, in the National League or fourth in baseball right now. They, they feel like a 3-something, 302 ERA from their starting pitchers. That's been a bit surprising to me. They fortified their bullpen as well, and they've done it without getting a lot from Carlos Santana so far. I mean, Reese Hoskins is an animal. I mean, he is, he is a legitimate middle-of-the-lineup force. He's an on-base percentage guy. He's going to be a 1,000 OPS guy. I mean, he's a real good player there. Uh, and I give Gabe Kapler credit because I thought, man, I mean, honest, I from listen, being in talk radio, I enjoyed the debacle for the first week more than I enjoyed them winning games and everything going well because it was a lot more fun to talk about. Uh, but things have settled down there, and they've gotten into a bit of a rhythm right now and starting to believe in themselves. Uh, so this division is going to be a race. I mean, I, I really do think this sport team's going to battle it out. I think the Phillies are better than the Braves right now. Um, and uh, give both those organizations credit, though, for how they've gotten through the rebuild rather quickly and in a pretty competitive place right now. Yeah, we thought, uh, I mean, at least most people thought it was certainly the Nats division all the way, and then maybe, at least for me, it was a two-team race with the Nats and Mets. I did not expect the Phillies or Braves to compete. They've gotten off to nice starts. How about the NL Central real quick? Really, in the NL overall. I mean, even out in the West, you got those three teams, uh, you know, uh, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Dodgers. NL Central, you got four teams that are going to fight for that division. You think the NL Central, the way it is right now, with the Cards, Brewers, Pirates, and Cubs underneath them, you think all four of those have a legit shot to win the NL Central? Well, I think the Cubs are the team to beat still. I do. I think they have the best starting pitching, even though it hasn't thrown the best so far. Uh, I think that, that they have the best roster. They don't have a great leadoff option, but you know, there's just so much talent on that team. I still think they're the team to beat. But I think that the Brewers and Cardinals both have legitimate chances to make the playoffs as wildcard teams. I, I think they've got a real shot to have three teams come out of that division. Uh, which means that the Mets are going to be battling with the Cardinals and Brewers uh, to be able to be a wild card team. So if if the Mets don't win this division, if the Nationals come back like like I think a lot of people think they will, uh, so yeah, I think I think that it's a really deep division. Pittsburgh's not going to hold on. I, I think they they've come out fighting, but I don't anticipate that they can do anything there. The Reds are a mess uh, as we've seen. Uh, but I think overall, uh, I do think the Cubs win that division. And then real quick in the West, because it is interesting, Nats struggle in the NL East to start the year. Cubs struggle in the NL Central to start the year. Dodgers struggle in the NL West to start the year. I know they've been playing better as of late, but you got the Diamondbacks and the Rockies in front of them right now. Who do you like in that West? Well, I, you know, the Dodgers, I keep looking at like I looked at the Dodgers last year. I said, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. They that they how did they win that many games? They didn't have a single starting pitcher that made thirty starts for their team. They didn't have a single guy score hundred runs or drive in hundred runs. Like I looked at like, like you know they didn't have any sort of MVP on their team, uh, and yet they won. Now it means it's a good team effort, but I don't know. I, I like I'm not a, I, I'm not a big Kiki Hernandez guy. I, you know I like Chase Utley, but he's on the back end of it. Logan Forsythe is you know is an okay player. Uh, so I don't know. They they just found ways with their depth, and they had really good pitching. I don't I don't think Rich Hill and and uh, uh, Alex Wood are going to perform the way that they did again. Uh, but you know, Hinge and Ruse pitching great so far for them. So 
uh, Arizona's the real deal, Colorado's the real deal, and the Dodgers will battle. I think that's going to be a three-team race, a lot like it was last year, uh, at least in the wild card. I think the Dodgers won't be the 100-game winner that they were a year ago. Yeah, some good ball clubs in the National League. Last one before we let you go, Steve. The AL East, Red Sox are on the way with this thing. I know you love Toronto, and they've shown some promise here early on. Just lost three out of four to the Yanks, which I was surprised at the way the Yanks were playing. But you think Boston runs away with the uh, AL East, or the Yanks or Blue Jays come back in this thing? I think I think that the Yankees will get back into that race. I mean, the Red Sox have put themselves in a really good spot, right, to, to be able to have some margin for error. Uh, but, you know, they're starting to cool off a little bit offensively. David Price has gotten dinged around a couple starts. Uh, so it's a long season. Uh, and uh, every team that's played great so far will have a slump. There will be this point where it's great for talk radio because, you know, what, what, what goes up does come down or what down does come up. But I think that the Yankees are going to get back into that race, and I think the Blue Jays are probably more of a wild-card team than they are a division winner. Uh, But I think the Yankees will still make it a race for the American League East. Steve, thanks for a couple minutes. More importantly, thanks for Mike Piazza. Appreciate it as always. Okay, you got it. My pleasure. Yeah, it's Steve Phillips, a former Mets GM and current host, MLB Network Radio. The man who brought in Mike Piazza. How can you not love him if you're a Met fan? 800-321-0710. Your call's ahead. We'll do some football at the 8 o'clock hour. Also, keep in mind, pairs of Mets tickets getting closer and closer to giving our first pair of Mets tickets away. Maybe we'll do that when we come back. Salicata in the Sports Zone, right here on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. This never gets old to me. Welcome to Shea Stadium. Or City Field. You get the idea. Right now, your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Mets take on the Rockies May 5th at City Field. Be caller number three right now at 800-321-0710. And you're the winner. Brought to you by the New York Mets and Coca-Cola. Get to City Field on Saturday night, May 5th. See the Mets take on the Rockies first 25,000 fans in attendance will receive a Yoannis Cespedes Garden Gnome, courtesy of New Balance. To purchase tickets, or you can purchase tickets, at Mets.com slash tickets. Turn it up, Bob! I will actually be at that game. I got confirmation today. And I'm looking forward to it. Taking uh, my wife out to the ballpark. She's got a nice uh, little Mets outfit that she went shopping for. She's excited. Uh, take a couple of friends as well. Looking forward to getting my uh, Cespedes Garden gnome. Go ahead, producer can, Mark. Can I have your gnome? Um, that would probably be a negative. You know, I, I only want to go because... Right, can I have your wife's gnome? <laughs> How much can I get for it on eBay? Uh, potentially. Probably a lot. Are you a gnome collector or like a bobblehead? Like a, the bobbleheads. I loved, I didn't like the gnomes at first. Nothing, nothing was against. I just didn't like it. I like the authentic bobbleheads. Like, I don't even like the the superhero bobbleheads or the Star Wars ones. You know, they give away the, you know. Yeah, I like the Thor one. I don't like Star Wars one because I don't like Star Wars. That, that's fair enough. I don't, I mean, I think the Thor one is cool. I just am not a comic book guy. I'd rather have like the. You know, the game action bobbleheads. As a matter of fact, sometimes when I book, you know, I've been booking these uh, road trips to go around and see all the ballparks. I'm trying to do that before I'm 40, which happens not this September, but next September. And I got some booked. I got the Kansas City booked end of May, and it's George Brett Pine Tar Bobblehead Day. 
I wish you would have said it was a Lucas Duda bobblehead. Yeah, I know. No, I would not be going to that. No, thank you. Uh, but anyway, so if I could make it work, I try to do the bobbleheads. I, I love those. And I've gotten into the gnomes recently because the Mets have done a good job with them, whether it's Harvey, Syndergaard, DeGrom, and now Cespedes. So if I could, you know, if I can get, get there, then I, uh, you know, try to take advantage of those promotions. I love that. Who's the bobbleheads for the Mets this year? Do you have it? I think it's Jay Bruce and DeGrom, the traditional ones. I don't know, um, I know they have a Star Wars one with Mr. Met, and they have one with... Uh, They're doing the Thor one again. Right, the Thor one again, the comic book one. I think the traditional ones are Bruce and DeGrom, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I, I know you could, you know, you call me what you'd like, but I, uh, for whatever reason, I love, and meanwhile, they're piled up in my parents' bedroom at my uh, old house where I grew up. At my, my bedroom, I should say, at my parents' house. And they're just... They're, they're just piled there. I mean, endless bobbleheads and World Series replica rings and gnomes. And I can't get You're enough right, of DeGrom and Bruce. DeGrom and Bruce, okay. Anyway, go to uh, Mets.com slash tickets. Get yourself uh, tickets to go see uh, the Mets in Rocks May 5th and uh, get yourself a Cespedes gnome. Got to be online early, too, for that. I mean, you don't want to miss out. I remember I went... And I think it was one of the first Met games I took my wife to, as a matter of fact, at the time. This was, well, it had to be 2016, the anniversary of the, two, of the 1986 championship team. Uh, 20 years? No, 30 year, right? The 30 year anniversary. Uh, boy, I, I can't believe it's that, uh, it's been that long. But anyway, 30 year anniversary. Remember they had the 86 weekend and you get, uh, I think one day was the Orozco bobblehead, if I'm not mistaken. One day was, uh, the, the World Series replica rings, whatever it was. I remember being out there and you had to go online early and we were there, you know, probably two and a half hours before the, maybe even longer than that. Cause you got to get there before the gates open. And we're waiting online for like an hour before it even starts to move, and she was getting cranky. What do you want with the stupid ring? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't pleasant. So from now on, I tried. Although she's going to be coming to me, coming with me uh, to this one. Uh, I usually try to go to those by myself or with some buddies who actually can appreciate the giveaways the way that I do. It's hard enough to get the wife to go to a game, let alone. Although I will say this: this year she has added interest in the Mets. Producer Mark, can you take a guess why my wife would have added interest in the Mets this year? Mickey Calloway is fairly good looking. That is correct. You nailed it, Producer Mark. She loves, who's this guy? Oh, wow. He looks like he's really could be in command of the team. Oh, he's really, he looks, I'm like, all right, easy. I mean, have I'll, you seen the media guide yet? Uh, I think I have seen the cover of it. Yeah, it's I, got a picture of Mickey on it looking, well, I'll give it to him, handsome. The next time, yeah, he's a good-looking good guy. Keeps himself, you know, yeah, I don't know. I want to ask him how he gets that beard so pristine. It's hard to maintain that ty- that level beard and keep it so clean like that and trend, nice and even. I th- I'd say Pete does a pretty good job, too. Uh, not as good as Callaway. He's not, you're right, Pete's not bad at it. But Pete's, Pete lets his grow a little longer. I think it's easier to maintain when it's longer. Callaway keeps it short, but it's still dark and it's still perfectly lined. And I have been trying to perfect that for the last, I don't know, six, seven months or so. Can't do it. And then I look at Callaway, and then I look at my wife, look at Callaway, and you know, I want to do it even more. I can't. I just can't get it going. But yes, she has interest because she likes watching Mickey Callaway. You can't really see him depending on where you're sitting in the ballpark. Well, no, not from the ballpark. But I'm sure there'll be uh, you know some close-ups of him occasionally. I mean, maybe yeah. where you sit. 
Uh, no, 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 not uh, not. Although they don't seem to be bad seats, so I'm very fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to get out there. Eight hundred three. Have you been out to a game yet, producer Mark? Yes, I, I say every year that I shouldn't go in April because I freeze, and then uh, I proceed to go and freeze. Is your wife or is your fiance a uh, Mets fan or baseball? Yeah, she's fan? a baseball fan. Okay, so she enjoys. Not going. like hugely into it, but she goes for me. Which games you go to this year? Uh, I went to opening weekend the Saturday against the Cardinals. Okay, and then I was there for the last Harvey start at home. Oh wow! So you went to a couple already? Yeah, good uh, for you. It was very dumb of me because I sat in the outfield. A uh, Saturday night. Uh, it was the last Saturday night they played at home. That's where Harvey right. started. It was freezing. Look, that's when the real fans go. I mean, you got to go early. I remember. I always said in my mind, the measuring stick of a real fan was not only opening day. Opening day tickets were tough to get. So you, if you could get opening t- opening day tickets somehow, you go to that. That's a great day. And then after that, it's. I mean, you can sit wherever you want, pretty much. So it was game two of the season, following opening day and the off day. Whoever was at game two of the season, to me, were always the legit fans. And I tried to make sure I was there for game two or three or whatever it may be following uh, opening day. I'll tell you what, though, this year, game two was a Saturday afternoon. It was nice out. It was packed. I don't think they were prepared for it. Not a traditional game, too, because of the way the schedule aligns. Who would think you'd play on Thursday, have an off day Friday, and then play game two on a Saturday? Probably better for them because on a Tuesday, you know, let's say they open on a Tuesday, and Wednesday night they're not getting, or they open on a Monday, Wednesday night they're not getting that big a crowd. Wednesday night in April against the Pirates or whoever it may be is not going to draw 40-plus thousand people. I mean, even when the team is great, it's not going to do that. So on the weekend, the Saturday, um, you know, if it's the second game of the year, then I would expect it to do uh, do well. well. Did they have any giveaways that day or no? No, I think it was just a normal game. Interesting. I like the promotional schedule. The Mets have done a really good job. So, um, all right, check out, uh, I'm sure, look, uh, how many games are we in of the year right now? They're, what, 14 and 6, so 20 games we've played? Yeah, there's plenty a- more games available. Yeah, plenty more games available. I know, but it's, uh, all right, well, May 5th is close enough. I was going to say I like to go to one each month if possible. Who knows if the schedule will allow, but May 5th will be the first one for me. Looking forward to uh, many more. Mets resume play tomorrow. 6.05 coverage begins right here. PD Mack will have you. Uh, you're taking you to the Mets pregame to the Cardinals. Start at 8.15 tomorrow night. Mets in St. Louis. Should be a fun three-game series with the Redbirds now who have uh, climbed their way to the uh, NL, top of the NL Central. Slow start. You remember watching them the first weekend of the year. and They're a little bit better team right now. I can't wait to see them, and I really can't wait to see the Phils next time the Mets play the Phillies. But there's a fun little road trip for the Mets here. Got off to a rough start, losing two of three. And now look to rebound, get back to winning some series here after dropping the series to the Nats in heartbreaking fashion and then losing to the Braves in a a three-game series that was shortened due to the rainout yesterday. And the Mets, uh, like I said, will be back uh, tomorrow night as they resume play in St. Louis. All right, quick break, then back with your calls, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. Your calls, Mets tickets to give away next hour. We'll update you on the Yankee game as well, maybe do some NBA. And we have plenty of football to do in the 8 o'clock hours. We get the draft finally here this week. My goodness, I can't take it anymore. Analyzing who teams might take, who they will take, who's going to trade out, who do they lie. I mean, it's ridiculous already. Let's just put an end to it. We could do that finally Thursday night, and we'll be on the air live with you Thursday night while the Jets and Giants both make their picks. You don't want to miss that. Salicata in for Pete McCarthy, Sports Zone, the voice of New York, 710 WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. I can't believe that. Charlemagne going to be on the morning show. That's tomorrow. That's awesome. I wanted to get, I know he's in the building at that hour, obviously doing his morning show. 
Uh, but I wanted to talk to Charlemagne for a long time. I actually have his book, which I've uh, yet to read, but I want to read it in preparation of hopefully uh, having him on one day. Anyway, so make sure you check that out with the morning show. Uh, Len and Michael tomorrow morning with uh, Charlemagne the God. That should be a fun spot. Let's update you on the happenings right now around Major League Baseball, or at least locally. Yanks have a 3 nothing lead, top of the second. Couple of walks, Gardner and Stanton walk, and Gary Sanchez with a two-run double. Aaron Hicks follows with an RBI single. Yanks have a 3 nothing lead over Jake Odorizzi early, uh, over Jake Odorizzi and the Twins, I should say, early in this one. Tanaka now has to do his job after getting roughed up the last couple of times out. 800-321-0710. Bobby is in Queens. You're on the voice of New York 710 WOR. What's up, Bobby? How you doing, Sal? You're a great fill-in, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I was just, during the break, I was just loading all my Matt Harvey memorabilia in my basement right now. So I was just burying all that stuff next to my Ike Davis signed autograph. Oh, Ike Davis. I mean, I used to call Ike Davis minor league Ike. I'm going to start after coming up with minor league Matt now all of a sudden. What what Harvey memorabilia are you torching there, Bobby? Oh, God. Rookie cards. um, The the old uh, one jersey. A bunch of stuff. Um, The problem I see, I, I mean... It seems like everyone has this foregone conclusion that he's going to go to the bullpen and he's going to be fine in the bullpen. I I don't see it. I mean, he's struggled so much that I just don't see him going to the bullpen and and being that, oh, you know, Cowboy's going to put him in a tight spot and he's going to just walk out of it like no problem just because he's a starter, that he's going to give you any good length. I, I don't know. I don't know what you think. I just I see him struggling in the bullpen as well. Here's the problem, Bobby. He can't get outs right now. Steve Phillips touched on it a little bit before when we just had him on, talking about how Harvey still is up with everything in the zone, the high fastballs. The problem is he doesn't have the velocity, and he gets tattooed a lot. He's very, very hittable and has been for a long time, and I think that's a big reason why he's high with the fastball and there's no velocity like there used to be with that fastball. Ball. So how can I trust Matt Harvey to get outs when he hasn't done it? Bullpen, starter, doesn't matter. You're telling me all of a sudden I, now he's going to focus and figure out a way to get guys out now? And and that's what I – exactly. But I hear these people say, oh, he'll go to the bullpen and he'll be great in the bullpen. I'll give him two, three – I'm like, hey, give him two, three innings of the same nonsense that we've been watching. He doesn't miss bats anymore. It's exactly what you – he doesn't miss bats. When he used to throw 96, 97, 98, he would get the swing in this stuff. He doesn't have it anymore. He better go talk to CC. And uh, yeah, Tabassi over in the Bronx, and maybe he can teach him how to pitch now because this is this is the way he's got to be now. I, I think, I, yeah, I think that's a good or I don't know if he's going to talk to him, obviously, but we know how much Matt really loves the Yankees. Uh, thanks for the call, Bobby. But I think it's a good name to bring up because CC Sabathi is a guy who used to be a power pitcher, and he is not a power pitcher anymore, and it hasn't been for a while. But he has been able to maintain. Um, some success at the big league level because he can get outs. He knows how to battle. He knows how to get outs. That's important at this level. I mean, obviously, it's important at any level. you got to be able to get some outs. Harvey can't do it. I don't care if he doesn't have the stuff. I don't care if he doesn't have the velocity. Get somebody out. Figure out a way to pitch. And he hasn't been able to do that. And I thought the other point that Steve Phillips brought up, and it's a point that we've been talking about for a while, is that Harvey is not taking any accountability. He has not realized that he, in fact, has been the problem and doesn't want to acknowledge that he is not the same or he's obviously not the same guy, but he doesn't want to acknowledge that he's got an issue here. He has never recouped from the failure, never learned from it, never grew from his failures. And it's frustrating to watch. you got to be accountable.
I like that he says he could be ticked off and I'm going to prove I'm a starter, but the idea that he thought he proved it in the fourth, fifth, and sixth inning is, is comical. Comical. Imagine that. I'm a starter. I think I showed that. Innings four, five, and six. I mean, come on, Matt. Get, will you get real, please? James in Morristown. James, you're on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Yeah, hey, Sal, how's it going? Good. What's up, James? I was looking forward to you. I knew you'd be on tonight. I said Sal's always got some enthusiasm in there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Every Mets off day, I'm here. What's up, James? Uh, okay. I was wondering, I, I was talking with Pete. He didn't agree with me. I was wondering what you think. In that, in that DeGrom game the other night when it was 0-0 in the eighth inning and Flores is on second base, why? and he's got he's got Lagares and Rosario and, and Nimmo. Why isn't he up pinch running there? I, Pete didn't think it was that big of a deal, but it was a 0-0 game. Flores had been thrown out at the bases twice the night before at home and second do you think he's like you know a little hesitant to pinch run from or what well i think he doesn't want to get too deep into the bench and then you talk about right. the backup catcher then you're talking you short another guy on the bench just to pinch run but it is a problem refresh my memory james was this one flores pinch hit and then walked yeah that reyes bunted in right the right so he yeah. pinch hit and walked okay fine you want to get him over to second with the bunt that's okay you got to pinch run from at that spot the yeah. problem is i mean are you gonna pinch run a pitcher maybe i'll put it this way anybody right. and i and i mean anybody is right. faster than wilmer flores i i cannot stomach i know met fans love him i cannot stomach watching wilmer flores play baseball i don't mind <laughs> i don't mind him getting some at bats especially against lefties He's a, he's a decent, okay to decent hitter. Again, especially against lefties. I think he's bad in the field, and I think he's got cinder blocks attached to his feet. He cannot run. Yeah, I know, I know. And then they didn't, they didn't put Lagaris in, in the outfield for, for, for Bruce, you know? I think he's got to do that more often because Bruce has been a liability out there. He's playing. I know he's having a problem with his feet, but he, he's looking bad in, in right field. Yeah, you know? we, we know about his feet, but what about his eyes? I mean, and thanks for the call, James. Bruce has been a butcher in right field. Say it however you want. Jay Bruce has been a butcher out there. He's misjudging. I mean, he's misjudging routine fly balls. I don't know what he's doing. Not to mention he's not hitting. When you think about it with the Mets right now, they're fortunate and they've been really good. But they should be so much better. I mean, they're 14 and 6. They haven't even done anything. Starters aren't going deep into games. Outside of his Drupal Cabrera, who's hitting? Conforto, and I love Michael Conforto, but at some point he's got to start going here. Some point has got to be the year from start to finish for Michael Conforto. He's never had that. Never gone from April through the end of the season playing at the highest level that we know he could play. He's done it for months. He's done it in spurts. Never done it for the entire year. And in my opinion, I've been saying he's their best player. He's got to do it at some point. Cespedes, you know, has been clutch, but he's been awful outside of that. At least he's won some games. Let him play some golf. Whatever it is that gets him out of the slump, let him play golf. Do whatever you got to do. Guy's a strikeout machine with a few exceptions and big exceptions, but still he's got to be better. Jay Bruce, nothing. Defensively or offensively. So the Mets have, a, while they've had some nice early season success, they have a lot of room for improvement offensively and with the starters. And for that matter, with the bullpen too. Ramos can, this is why, you, look, Ramos, you know what he is. He's going to drive you nuts because he doesn't throw strikes. And usually walks come back to beat you. They have on a couple of instances. Not a huge deal because he's been decent for the most part. But And the bullpen has done, you know, Gazelman's been the guy out of the bullpen. 
You trust him more than anybody else. But they have enough there in the bullpen. But you could get on Blevins. You could get on Ramos. Swarzak hasn't pitched yet. And you got to get him healthy. And maybe he could be, you know, a new fresh arm that could get some outs at the back end of these games here. Give Callaway some more flexibility. But you could get on the starters as well. Syndergaard in particular. Mets are piecemealing this thing together to a tune of 14 and 6. Actually, pretty impressive when you think about it. 800 321 0710. 800 321 0710. More of your calls. 805. We'll talk to Pat Leonard of the Daily News, get some insight to the Giants, what they're going to do potentially with their draft pick. And at 835, we'll talk to Connor Hughes of The Athletic, get some insight to the Jets and what they're going to do with their draft pick. A lot more to do here. Plus, in the 8 o'clock hour, Mets tickets to give away. Another pair. Uh, a lot more to do here. Sports Zone, Salicata, and for Pete McCarthy, The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. All right, 800-321-0710, the number to call. We'll have Pat Leonard of the Daily News, covers the Giants. Uh, we'll have him at 8.05, get some insight to them. Draft Thursday, can't wait. I don't remember a draft ever as exciting as this uh, leading up to it. I mean, now, who knows how it pans out. All these quarterbacks that are much hyped and talked about could be complete busts. We don't know what the Jets and Giants are going to eventually do or who they will get, but that's going to be fascinating in itself. Uh, again, as far as the players panning out, nobody knows. I mean, I was watching video today of Mel Kiper talk about uh, how much of a lock Jamarcus Russell was and comparing him to Brady Quinn. I mean, if you're familiar with Brady Quinn, I mean, you know, there's a name you haven't probably heard in forever. So who knows what these things, and that's going way back. I mean, there are other things, obviously, more recent memory. You don't know what the draft. The, they don't know. The experts themselves do not know. So hard for me to sit here and pretend that I could tell you who's going to be this, who's going to be that. Now, I will say this. Of all the years in recent memory, the strongest I've felt about a quarterback being a future franchise-saving quarterback is this year with Josh Rosen. I don't say it every year. I didn't think about it with, I mean, I guess luck was was the most known thing in recent memory. I don't even remember what year that was exactly. But as far as, you know, Mariota, Winston, guys like that. Josh Rosen, I think, is the real deal. We'll get more into that on the other side with Pat Leonard. And then at 835 with Connor Hughes of The Athletic. One does the Giants, one does the Jets. We'll have some fun talking about both. 800 321 710 Right now the news. 